<laughs> no, <we're> start- <laughs> that's nothing. That's not gonna help us in the hermetically sealed fart environment. I'm really sorry, but I just farted. <laughs> oh my God. Ten years, three boys, one question: Are we friends? Hello, and welcome to the Farty Party. I'm Pat Flatulence, your co-host. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. I'm Bart Fartman. <laughs> I'm t- Patty La. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and welcome to Are We Friends. I am actually your co-host Taylor, and today I am actually joined by neither of my usual co-hosts Brian or Jorge. Instead, I am joined by Art Fartman. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Art. Always glad to have you on. <laughs> Patty, a word from you. <laughs> That's my given Christian name, Taylor. That's what my, my, I popped out of the womb and my parents said, that's art, and also we're changing our last name to Fartman. Fartman. We have to. <laughs> Look at this. This is clearly an art Fartman. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, we're just here to bring the caliber of the podcast up, clearly. Yeah, always, always trying to class up the joint. Oh, I, yeah. I'm John. But, I'm actually John is my name. Uh, yeah. And I'm Emily. And these are our two fabulous co-hosts from Downtime with John and Emily, our sister podcast. And I'm really happy to have you guys on, uh, especially because we're kind of uh, winding down my time here. And this is the first time I've ever done an episode without my co-hosts. I think it's... Really? I think Jorge's done one without either of us. Um, yes, I was on be, it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Emily was also Emily, on that. Yeah, Emily. Yeah, the queer Shannon queer music. Uh, if you haven't heard about this, you're old. I think was the name of the the, the whole uh, name yeah, of the episode. Probably. Very good. Yeah, likely. Yeah. So speaking of things that uh, of old, um, today's episode is entirely about gastrointestinal um, health. That's uh, true. And uh, fortitude. Yeah. Yes. Um, we're here. We're sponsored by Colaguard. Get your uh, get your colon cancer screenings. done done today they ship you a box yeah and you shit in the box what there's a small instructional video by jamie lee curtis this is her most recent gi based um product that she's kind of pushing i remember that whole time in in pop culture with just jamie lee curtis who like i grew up thinking of as like yeah i I grew up thinking was like i knew she was hot and before i knew what a sex symbol was like knew that she was one like halloween Uh um that movie where she plays with arnold schwarzenegger she does the strip tease or whatever um, and then seeing... Were we born in different centuries? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't remember the name. Brian. This is why we need Brian. <laughs> so he, he would know the name of the damn he, movie. He knows the movie stuff. Uh, true yeah. Lies. It's True Lies. Um, <laughs> he was sitting there for... He was listening to this sitting like, like ah, God, <laughs> it's True Lies! <laughs> yeah, but then like... And then Freaky Friday was the first movie that I saw of her um, when she was actually like doing movies. And you know, she's, oh my God, I'm like the Crypt Keeper. But it's funny because she's old, but it, she's not really that old. Even though Lindsay Lohan is supposed to be her kid whatever anyway yeah. but like seeing her on tv at the same time like activia this yogurt will change all the dots in your stomach to just a straight a slalom straight for your poop. all the yeah. dots are all the they're dots, all over the place all yeah. over. it was like uh yeah yes it's like a an scatter oil graph. change like yeah it's like a scatter graft and boy howdy is there like a trajectory that's indicated mm-hmm. after you have this mm-hmm. yoga? Yeah, mm-hmm. no Which correlation will be to very clear linear linear correlation. Negative correlation. <laughs> yeah. Hot drop in correlation. Correlated. Uh, and Correlate then, your bowels. Hundred percent. And then apparently Activia got like super sued for that because uh, it like, hey, um, guys, you can't 
indicate that it's that like somehow has laxative power. You know? <laughs> like, no, probiotics might in the long run help your GI tract, but it's not like pop this squeeze of yogurt and then you're going to poop real good. Yeah. Like oh it doesn't matter how like many euphemisms you give Jamie Lee Curtis to say, like, that's just not how yogurt works. Constipated, are... slam a gogurt and it'll slide right out. Don't Absolutely. Worry. Especially well, if you let it sit out for a little while or throw it in the microwave for a second terrible. or two. Oh, yeah. my God. Well, there John go. was talking about pooping in a box. And I was like, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me because I've had I've had GI issues before. And he, have you ever handed a medical tool and just, like, felt like this is this is not, you're not serious right now? At any uh, time I've been handed I, I can a, tell you. a thing to urinate in. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, no. you're a kid. This is a joke, right? Like, so I had a norovirus, and I was <coughs> handed a cup and <laughs> a teeny tiny shovel. Okay, I was literally what? about to talk about the same what? thing. It's, it is. I, 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 had, I had a GI problem as a kid. It's like the, it's like the, it's the same exact device that they use for tastings at Baskin Robbins. Yes! <laughs> it's just like that little tiny, like... A flat dipstick <laughs> yes. that has a little indent at the end. Like, here's your free taster of our 32 flavors, whichever one you're about to produce. You yeah. know, like, oh my God. yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was like, that was the real. That was that's what they give you. Good Lord. Like, with with not a not a smidge of irony. At you, least, no. don't even, at least even give smile. me a spork. Help me break it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like you're telling no, me, like the outer shell. They don't want outer picking shell. and choosing. You know, <laughs> they want to get down to the real. The, the root of the issue. You can't choose the most ideal poop particles now, to my, send to them. My question is, has anyone ever like had a, started a dialogue at that? The doctor says, usually used to just people taking this bag and running, and you're the one who comes back like, well, sometimes it changes consistency. Which one do you want? Do you, do you want, want the, like an even sampling? You know, like or the like... top of the poop versus the bottom of the poop, and sometimes yeah. they're different. How, yeah. what, what consistency those, those, are those you looking for? portions of the poop could be hours apart, you yeah. know? That's a different me. I'm a different person I at will, that point. I will wait, or if you want a looser consistency, I can go grab a cup of coffee, and then we can wait for it. We can just hang for a half yeah. hour. I mean, I can sit down with a newspaper, read it, and, and then, then eat it. And then consume it. Yeah, and then that will, I mean, that I will certainly have. I can consume it, and then I'll consume it again. Absolutely. But in a different sense of the word. Absolutely. And, and you know, and I'm just, you know, and, and just, like, really try to interrogate him, like, do you you know what you're asking for or is this just like a lesson in humiliation like mm. doc it seems like you've been playing calvin ball since i got here and <laughs> if you're not gonna take this seriously then neither am i yeah uh, first of all that does not say poopologist and i have no idea why you're asking it for you I... dr zhang or whatever your name is we're uh, not here to talk about poop. we're not no, no but uh, I, speaking i have I not could. stopped farting since i sat down <laughs> this, is, this is like a but... constant stream we've had a rough weekend and it is just <laughs> fart city up in here so um much like old people who just want to sit around and fart around all day uh, i'm actually having emily and john here to talk about something that usually like used i feel like used to be the purview almost exclusively of old people teaching very young people and that gap is filled in we are talking today about board games yeah yes nothing anything but boring yeah yeah and so like Board games uh, were definitely something that I think we all grew up with. And I don't know about y'all, but it was like, hey, it's a rainy day and we have to play board games because oh God, like yeah. mom and dad are home and 
we're not allowed to do anything There's else. always so many pieces missing, and you don't even know where the, how this board game entered your life, but it definitely wasn't, like, your family that bought it. Yeah. For us, it was, like, our, uh, we had, like, a little beach house, and it was, like, a rental, and so we just had random, random categories in there, yep. and, like, yeah. all, a bunch of puzzles with missing pieces that you've the already Yahtzee done five times. The Yahtzee has no dice, because those dice have been cannibalized for oh, every yeah. other game. Yeah, same yeah. with, God forbid, anything takes a battery. That's that battery yep. is so long yeah. gone. It, it, it's it's long been inserted into somebody's dildo. Yeah. So for it's, it's also <laughs> been completely eroded. Oh into, yeah, 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 that, yeah, the yeah, device yeah. does not work anymore. For for mine, like my family is so meticulous, and they're all. Um, oh my god, the cranium hoarders. clay. The cranium yeah. clay. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. The cranium well, clay never stood a chance. No, no, absolutely never not. built a lot. Um, but no, my family was always like they're they're hoarders, right? So um, we have my dad's Monopoly set from when he was a child. Uh, he was born in the year 1955, mm-hmm. so it's like the original, you know, like the yellowed cards. The actual metal piece was a thimble, you know, that fucking thing. But um, yeah, what you guys? Do you guys? Okay, I guess I should ask. Do you guys actually know how to play Monopoly? Like, have you ever sat down and read the rule book? One hundred and ten percent. Absolutely not. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, John, I'm gonna direct this portion yes. to you. Um, have you ever had the like, uh, the experience of everyone is so damn sure that they know how to play Monopoly yep. until that you sit down with them, having read the rule books, and realize like, oh yeah, absolutely not. No one's ever fucking. No one's ever learned how to play this game no. in the history of Monopoly. And no one gives a shit either. No. It's it's really. The way my family does it is... (laughs) Exactly. The the way that my older sister taught me how to do it... Hold Mm -hmm. on, but I'm I'm supposed to be able to... Don't I get the... Don't I get the... Don't I get some... The money now? Like, there's, um... Yeah, I land on free parking. I get a bunch of free money now, right? Absolutely not. No, the way we do mortgages is actually, like, slightly different. Um... And it's just that my dad, who's always beating us, just gives me the money to buy the property. <laughs> That's a, an extremely good point, by the way, is mm. no one ever realize like, no one ever talks about mortgaging your properties. That is the way to win Monopoly. Yeah. If you can figure out the, just deal with having to do the math of mortgaging your properties, you will win that game. That is an entire, like, section of the rule book that people just ignore and don't bother doing and that is purely the way to win yeah it's i mean it's it's funny that you mentioned it because this game originally was made and i forget the woman who made it um in the 30 odds or whatever that's supposed to show it's supposed to make you frustrated at like mortgaging and renting and that whole situation like mm-hmm. in general instead parker brothers has been making money off of it for like a fucking century now oh yeah hand over begloved fist <laughs> yeah <laughs> twirling a white mustache Wait, wasn't polishing thing, their monocles wasn't that a thing that mr monopoly didn't actually have a goatee monocle a monocle everyone thinks he had him yeah yeah that, that's, uh, you know because i definitely conflate thing. him and the pringles guy yeah yeah they are the same sweet no the national bohemian guy i don't think the pringles guy has a monocle either then it's the natty bow guy wait He's does, does mr peanut have one though mr peanut yes, definitely does he's I like he's got so. a top hat and a you know, yeah, like but so does Mr. Tongue. Monopoly. Everyone with a top hat and a cane also has a monocle, except for Mr. Monopoly. He's the only one that doesn't. Or the Pringles guy. The Pringles guy doesn't have a hat. He's also a disembodied <laughs> head. Yeah, no, Jim Pringles <laughs> doesn't have a hat. Jim Pringles? Um, that's his name, you know, after uh, yeah. Jim Pringle. You know, I, the guy I'm who, Googling of course, what Chris the Pringle, Pringle Jim Pringle, <laughs> you know, like, they're distantly related, you know. Um. So distant that their last name changed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Googling what is the Pringle man's name. Oh, God. Good well, Lord. Well, he definitely it's... has a name. Okay, so what did you say? Jim, Jim Pringle. Pringle. It is Julius Pringle. <laughs> <It's> Julius Pringle. <laughs> <laughs> what his friends okay. call him? 
him Jim. So. <laughs> <laughs> family name. It's a family name. Before we get too far. He has far, no mouth with which to eat the Pringles. He has no mouth. Movie. He must scream. <laughs> Wait, he has no mouth? He has a mustache, but he has no mouth with which to eat the product he pitches. How? That's on Wikipedia? That is. That Wikipedia is, went hard. Julius. Pringle. <laughs> Ripped him apart entirely, Wikipedia. Do you know they make pumpkin pie spice Pringles? We have to stop. <laughs> okay, before we get too far away from Monopoly, I just want to make it very clear to anyone listening, there is no free parking money. There, th- Listener, listen to me. Listen to my voice right now. What is your biggest complaint about Monopoly? That, that it takes so long. That, that it I takes don't so have long. Money. You're absolutely right. <laughs> the, the, t- it takes too long and that's why you hate it. Getting money, a bunch of money, when you land on free parking is only going to make the game last longer, so stop it. Suck it up and let the winners win. Just, I, well, I mean, that's, that's how it goes. It's not in the rules. Also, auction off your properties. It's fun. Yeah. So, apart from things like Monopoly and Sorry and Chinese Shakers or whatever the fuck was in, you know, or Yahtzee, like those games, the Parker Brothers or like Milton Brothers or Ooh, also Yahtzee. The... We've been sleeping on Yahtzee. Oh, for Yahtzee's years. incredible. Yahtzee's yeah. so yeah. fun. Didn't come to Yahtzee till I was like 25. Yep, me Changed too. My oh my life. god, I've never yep. played it. But which oh, one's so the one so with good. the popping? Is that Sorry with the bit in That's the middle trouble. that you That's pop? trouble. That's trouble. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, like all cases. We had all those games. Like, uh, I feel like <laughs> this the is the conversation. We're. Here's a board game that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. What's another board game? <laughs> it's that list-based BuzzFeed like, type I, I remember, content. I remember nothing about it except for the sheer uh, sensation um, of the popping of the dice. And that they was made that fun. sound it was so good. satisfying, that like tin cup popping I don't remember sound. what the rest of it is about. But... It's not much. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah not a lot going on there. Yeah, um, you're in trouble. Like, that's the only thing I remember. I mean, that was, like, my whole childhood anyway. (laughs) So, we had those games, and then we had, like, this other breed of game that were, like, super complicated, like, Mousetrap, and I remember, like... Pretty Pretty Princess. Pretty Pretty Princess, like, Don't Wake Daddy. Not complicated, but there's a lot of pieces. Yeah. A lot of choking hazards. Yeah, or they would have, like, a centerpiece that would be a complicated thing. The kind of game where... The game of life with that little spinny wheel and all the little babies. Exactly. Putting together the game board of Mousetrap was like three quarters of the fun of that game. Yeah. It was also three quarters of the amount of time you spent with that game. Yeah, I've never played a complete <laughs> mousetrap in my so, whole life. I feel like, and this is an entirely unobserved opinion because I'm making it up and no one can stop me, um, <laughs> I feel like with these complicated board games, particularly of our youth, plus like, you know, having played the board games everyone else played, we were like primed and ready for something like Catan. Yes. Yeah. yeah, for this these more complicated board games. That was I the absolute like... turning point in like the history of board games was when Catan blew the fuck up and like taught everyone that oh strategy like turn-based strategy board games dope as hell, very fun. Yeah. Like yeah, you're going to have to learn some rules, fucking get over it. You're going to have a I lot of fun on the other end of it. Also think video games. Like we were the first generation sure. that had video games to like get us used to something like turn-based strategy and like yeah. mm-hmm. let's teach you an incredibly complicated set of like maneuvers that you have to do and the only way to learn it is by you sitting there and doing the sub-zero fatality 20,000 <laughs> times in a row. Like, that's, like that we, we were a generation like, yeah, I'll sit down, I'll read the fucking instructions and I'll do it again and again and again until it hurts. Yeah. And yeah, you we had games. I, yeah. I, I don't have anyone to play with and so I'm going to sit with the rule book and just learn learn it cover to cover and pretend like I do have someone to play with. Yeah, and so when someone said so like, sad. "Hey, we, here's this look, game," we were the kids who got we had the video game box 
that we got for Christmas, and then our parents said, okay, it's time to stop playing video games for the day, so we took the game disc, oh, yeah. we took the package oh, yeah. to the bed and read that little okay, booklet yeah, that came I in. The... The, I bought the read-through of Pokemon Crystal at the 7-Eleven, yeah. oh, and yeah. I read it all, yeah. yeah. Fucking love those walkthroughs. I still have my Prima official fab... Uh, factory guide um no i official strategy guide like for pokemon red where it still yeah. had that beautiful i think his name is shigiri um watercolor art shigeru miyamoto yeah yeah no yeah. no shigeru miyamoto is that the i'm pretty sure that's regardless a guy? not the it's, topic a, it's of definitely episode. a guy <laughs> uh, yeah but that you know that first generation or two where it was all very like pastel watercolor mm, art yes. with the official art for everything before it became a little more vibrant and yeah it became um, like, like very Hasbro, hard line. like yeah. gamey yes. uh, yeah. like we're gonna sell you pringles yeah in this pamphlet the, as well the prime example for those listening if you need an example which you probably don't is the if you can picture the Pikachu with the yellow cheeks, mm-hmm. that's like the prime, I think of that fat Pikachu. The, he was a little chubby. Fat yeah. Pikachu, fat yeah. Pikachu. yeah. Fat yeah. Pikachu, yeah. Oh, fat Pikachu. Oh, fat Pikachu. Yeah, everyone knows fat Pikachu. Everyone knows that. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think you know, we were just as a generation like super ready for someone, some weird German guy to come around saying, "So I have this board game mm-hmm. and it has thirty pages, but it's fun." And like, What's it about? Economy. Like, all right, please, yeah, fuck it, I'll try it. Please, I'm so bored. <laughs> no, please, please. I have all the yeah. methods of entertainment in the world, and I'm so fucking bored. I've played 700 hours of Metroid because I refuse to go outside and play kickball. Yeah, please give me something else I can do. I yeah. will not go outside. My retinas hurt. <laughs> There's only so many times I can rewatch the entirety of my box set of Friends. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the '90s were rough. Yeah, it was not good. It was a good, um, bad time. Yeah, but you know, so Catan, um, John. I think you were the one who introduced me to Catan because that was not my really. Foray. Yeah, for sure, because it was not wow. my foray into complicated board games. Everyone had their everyone had their their friend, their foot yeah. in the door friend. For... Everyone remembers their first time. I remember my first time. It was horrible. It was that my friend, who was, like, so much smarter than me, I was visiting her, and her brother had been uh, in an accident and had been, like, kind of bedridden and, and was getting back on his feet. And so during that whole time, he got Catan and was just playing with his sister, my friend, and they are very, like, very smart, strategically-minded people, mm. and I thought I was coming over for a casual night of fun, and I didn't realize <laughs> that I had entered the Thunderdome, and they were, like, just desperate for anyone else to play with. <laughs> I'm like, not, I like a lion in the gladiatorial arena, like, waiting horrifying. for the next goddamn victim. It was horrifying, so they were like, so we have this game, and it's called Catan, have you heard of it? And I was like, no, that that sounds fun. What's it a like? Board and like, game. And they're like, oh, board game sounds oh, fun. Oh, it's it's so fun. You're gonna love <laughs> You're it. Gonna You're gonna love it. And then they just destroyed me. They, they like, taught the no again. Mercy, <laughs> zero mercy. They taught me how big of a clown I really yeah, am. Yeah, they told me. They told me a little lesson about trusting people. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't do it. Yep. And uh, at their funeral, you can play a song, and this one goes out for uh, my friend. It's called "Don't You Do It." It's about <laughs> trust. <laughs> uh, but yeah, for me, I remember like I came over randomly to Jorge's house, and he had this like four and a half foot long board game set out on oh the carpet. God, yep. And it was Arkham Horror. Um, that Hori picked up because he loves H.B. Lovecraft. And, you know, he didn't have anything to fucking do. So he just sat down and it took about eight hours to explain how to play the game. 
And then, you know, 14 and a half hours later, we got through the game and realizing, you know, it's always rough your first time. So if we had really played it at speed, we probably would have gotten done at about four o'clock in the morning instead of like, I don't know, three days later when we did. But anyway, like I was hooked. Like, this is a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty rad. No, it's once you learn the, the rules to a game that you can start like really, really going crazy on, on a game like that, you know, you yeah. really... That's the thing about it is there's only so much patience I have for learning like a whole bunch of rules. The great thing about Katana is it really is, it does make sense once you play it once. Yeah. yeah. Like there are a lot of rules, but you're going to understand the whole game after one playthrough. Yeah. But. And you might win. I, and you might win. I've observed a good amount of beginner's luck when it comes to um, Catan specifically. The issue I think with Catan is that you the fewest number of people you can play with is three, which is a huge bummer. Which is why they were You're so right, John. Excited. It is too easy. It should be more difficult. Well, hang on. The hardest part about Catan is getting two other people to play it with you. <laughs> but that's true, though. It is. And when you're trying to learn a new game, the fewer people necessary to actually play the full game, the better to actually learn it. Because you need fewer people to agree to sit down to go through a brand new strategic board game with a lot of rules together. Do you together. know what the, the shit was for me? Like, why I think I liked Catan more than... I think the the only complicated and long-form board game from, I think, our youth was Risk. Yeah. And anytime I, someone yeah. wanted to play Risk, it was like some kid who was just a little bit too into military history and my parents <laughs> yeah. were like not okay with that attitude in general so like they wouldn't explain it to me they they got off way too hard on winning like yes. i don't know how yeah. to play so i'm pretty sure and, we didn't have that one in our house because i think it had so many little pieces that i think my parents were afraid we were gonna put it up our noses <laughs> or eat it or I, yeah, just I like, we can just mitigate we were this. we were the other side of the coin kind of kids where we were not like hyper intellectual i would say those and horses were, were delicious though. yeah i mean like just horsemen. we were definitely stick things up your nose type of kids as i'm pretty sure to, like, i did get a bead stuck in my nose did get a bead stuck up your nose and i feel like it was board game related hang on wait I feel was some, it still there yeah, we were on. supposed to call the doctor I'm about that some, like 20 years a ago tightness yeah <laughs> more than 20 years ago sorry i feel like we'll someone that offers out. you a bag of like doritos for the first time at the lunch table and was like cool blues and like no i don't want to play risk right now yeah, <laughs> like, i'm sorry what <laughs> um i i don't think i've ever actually gotten through an entire game of risk I feel, I, like, I feel like at this point in my life, knowing the board games that I enjoy now, I would enjoy it. I yeah. just literally don't think it's ever happened. No. no like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, if I owned a copy of Risk, I, I'm sure I would love to sit down one day, like, on a rainy Saturday afternoon with people that I like and I know are not, like, dickish or hot-headed. And I'm sure I would love to sit down and play Risk. Like, yeah. I'm sure that would be really nice. I can think off the top of my head... Um, eighty-five percent of people that I've ever met are not the kind of people that I want to play. I was going to say, there's not yes. a person in this room that you would play risk with, according to your room. <laughs> I would play risk with you too. That would be. You said fine. dickish and hot-headed. <laughs> right, 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 right. But not in that like I'm so competitive that I, it's not enough for me to win. You have to lose. No, no. I just stop being competitive when I realize that I'm losing. Like we were playing this game, we were playing this game the other day. It was called the John brought a game. 
um, called The Mind. Oh, yes. And I didn't realize there you have to get to level 10 in it. And that's just like a whole lot of group focusing. And the problem is you do succeed or fail as a group. Yep. And I had as a moment. A space team. <laughs> I love space, space team, though. fucking spectacular. But yeah, no, you have to succeed or fail as a group. And I didn't realize that we still cared about it four rounds in. And I totally misjudged. I completely misjudged that, that Taylor and John still very much cared. And I didn't and stopped paying attention. And then everyone was mad. And I was like, I forgot. I'm sorry. I didn't realize. Come on. What pushly? Are you I kidding me? Like, this is important to you. I'm sorry. Social contract. You know, <laughs> I know. I know. There's not a ton else that I have to say about the mind, and it's not really a board game, so it's a little adjacent. It's a little but that card, is card a legitimate uh, recommendation that I have. It is a fantastic game. It takes up a very small amount of space, so it's very easy to take to other people's houses or out to bars or something. It's like a little box with 100. It's a deck of 100 cards that all they have on them is they are labeled one to 100. And as a team, you have to, without any verbal or nonverbal communication, no communication whatsoever, you have to put down your cards in the center of the table in sequential order with, again, no communication whatsoever. It's very interesting. The idea is to like mend your, meld your minds as a group and become sort of one unit like, that works together very well you can see it in the matrix when you're not looking at that one kid who fucks around with the spoon when neo sees the oracle the other kids are just playing that game you know like together <laughs> forming a telepathic bond and i'm not gonna lie i feel closer to you two as people after having played that yes I feel like we um we touched each other inside you know like, like you, know, you yeah. reached out a hand and you tickled a cerebellum or something this yeah. is uh this is my sister here yeah it's not sexual. It's a cerebellum. No, no, no. It's not about that. It, it's, it's just it's kind of just, icky. I don't want to. Hands touching like hands, reaching out, touching me, touching you, touching you. Yeah. Sweet, sweet, sweet Caroline. Sweet, sweet exactly. Caroline. Um, <laughs> but metaphor, you know. It's, uh, but no, I feel very close to you. No, it's great. No, I, <laughs> yes. Um, speaking of close to you, last year for your birthday, John, yeah. I got you a game called Scythe. Yes. Um, and one of the things I like about these. A lot of these board games now is that they have like these uh, beautiful pieces and they they take a lot of time to play art. Like we are past the days of just the Monopoly man and words. Like there is a beautiful amount of like illustration that goes in. I feel like sight. And to the point where they encourage you to to look at the cards and to share the illustration that's on your card. They do. That's like in the rules. They were like share share what what's on your card with everyone else because we we worked really hard on this art the art's really nice we want everyone to see yeah. it and yeah. i love that that it's beautiful in a sort of i don't know soviet union kind of way it's a lot of yeah, grays he's a polish and artist it's yeah. dark and it's you know splashes of red and yellow but other than that yeah, very muted tone dark and steampunky yeah, yeah it, it is a, it's a, um, matches the theme of the game really mm-hmm. it matches there's one other intellectual property that has this guy's art um and oh. like uh, this aesthetic and i it's uh, i do not know the, not artist's name. the artist's name but it's generally like an, an imagined world war one type with like mechs uh but the mechs are made out of like tractors and but they're like yeah. hulking around with you know like ottoman soldiers next to them you know it's, it's like cool. it's, it's a really it's a cool, cool concept anachronistic um piece of art what i loved about the the best part about scythe 
for me was, well, first of all, learning it was incredibly easy. Do you know why? Because you only need two people to play it. Yeah. <laughs> We sat Wait, down, actually, like, literally, I hadn't played it in, like, a year, and you hadn't played it before, and yeah. we just, like, played through four games. Like, it was really mm-hmm. nice. We just, we played through it uh, with just the two of us there. It was like, okay, let's just go through this and figure out how to play, and it, it, we had the ability to do that without having to get another person on board with this very intimidating uh, game. A lot of pieces. A lot of yeah. pieces. But, but they're what... clever. They're, 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 they're clever. Like, once you once you know what they do, they it's all like, they how all many work. shapes can you make a little wooden block? I know. That's <laughs> true. Okay, okay. Okay, is, you know the square wooden block? Designed. Not that square. Um, The, the bigger one. No, you have two the, size squares. Yeah, then, then there's the cylinders. No, the hearts. The hearts. <laughs> the and stars. You, okay, the, the housey. That's what I'm talking about. They basically the housey, little housey. They, they took a box of Lucky Charms and then just turned that. Petrified it. These are our game pieces. These are the game pieces. Little little pegs with hats. Yeah, that's the whole deal. I haven't played in over a year, um, but yeah. Fabulous but game though. The other the other great part about Scythe was that they have there's all sorts of expansions. Obviously, that's that's the name of the game at this point. Uh, and one of the expansions turns the game into a eight or nine episode campaign that you can like, which I think a lot of other games are starting to adopt as a system where you can, you can like have a little sheet to track your overall progress throughout mm. the episodes, which was so much fun. And it was a godsend at quarantine. Cause my birthday is in June. So that last year was at like kind of the very beginning of quarantine. So I got that game. It got addicted to it, bought all of the expansions. And then we had basically like a regular weekly game with a group of our friends that were all like, we're all young. We don't see uh, a whole lot of like, uh, people who are high risk so we're we don't see anybody who are high risk everybody worked from home at that point i was unemployed so it's like we're not risking anybody by by seeing each other so we're gonna this is our group we're gonna get together we're gonna play this game every week we're gonna do the campaign it's pretty rad it was so much fun and it was really That's like, awesome it was a, an absolute godsend to have something to look forward to <laughs> week mid quarantine Oh god! You know it. It is. It, it's. Uh, it's a wonderful game. The pieces are magnificent. Um, because you each faction um comes with four of these tiny little mechs uh, in miniature, and they're really, really pretty. Like it's a really yeah. even the pieces themselves are are very, very pretty. It's lovely. Um, but I I do like I love these kinds of board games. Eldritch Horror is one. Um, that's like Arkham Horror, but yes. it's a little faster pace. Like they made it in response to Arkham Horror. Like okay, we can we can we can speed I through speed some it of this. Up. Yeah. yeah. Another um, another one of those games that's like you need the art to almost save it in terms of being able to sell copies of this game it's gaining more popularity now i keep hearing the name of it um around a lot of people are starting to get it but it's it's called root i don't know if you guys yeah Yeah, i've seen it that's the thing is like that's one of those games that you know we go into the game shop and we look at the board games and see what's up and it's beautiful it's gorgeous the other one is evolution that's really pretty is it called there's another one photosynthesis Photosynthesis, Photosynthesis looks beautiful pretty yeah root is like but it's, it's too expensive. Every time I pick it up, I go, woo! All of these games are super expensive. They're like super at least $60. Expensive. It's yeah. an expensive hobby. But Root is like the epitome of this, I think, where it's like, this game is incredibly goddamn complicated, so we need to make the cutest little red wall character. Like, all this art <laughs> is adorable little red wall cartoons, Hell red wall esque yeah. cartoons, to lure people yeah. in yeah. to try and get them when to buy this game. When you're flipping to, to the to index it. for the fourth time, like, beat Red Face, like, oh, what the. 
how can I get mad at you? You know, how can I? I can't can't stay mad at you. This little chibi guy. Um, (laughs) No, but I want to run through, I kind of want to run through the gauntlet really quick because there's a bunch of like big names right now to see if you guys like know of them or have played them. Uh, Terra Mystica. No. Um, Seven Wonders. No. No, I've seen it. Um, Gloomhaven. I've heard of it. Gloomhaven that's that's another one where that i had looked into a long time ago but it was so expensive oh this is the the worst one it's like a buck 35 it's yeah it's my god yeah but it's it's another one of those things where like like the art is incredible yeah it's it's like an extremely cool unique aesthetic i would have loved to get it but Mm. yeah no um dark souls game the board game Dark Souls the board game? Yeah. I've never even heard of that. Yeah, there was it started as a Kickstarter and they again huge uh, miniatures that you have and you fight, you know, different bosses. Like Holy that's shit. The, the game. Um House Oh shit. I, I always get the name wrong on this one. It's not House on Haunted Hill. Oh, like Haunted yeah. House on the Be- Hill. Betrayal at the House on the Hill. Thank you. Yes. Jesus. Never want to get that one I've played a ton of. I got that I think for Christmas like two years ago, maybe. Yeah, it's a good one. That has a lot of replayability, but also in my experience. That's one that takes, I think, the right group to do it with, because it's like a D and D group. You want to find like some team players. You know mm. what I mean. You need some team players. You need, honestly, and that's actually very apt because I found that the whole deal with Betrayal at House on the Hill is that there's, it's a collaborative game the entire time until the haunt happens, and then depending on what has happened in the game, the game chooses a betrayer you you don't like the the betrayer is someone not set becomes in stone. the vampire someone becomes basically the, you know, the exactly money or whatever like mm. someone has to all of a I sudden assume a the role of the betrayer which i have found with, with my experience as a dungeon master for D is very much like dming because you have to be cool with like just stabbing your friends in the back and being the bad guy and have to have be able to have fun with that and also, you're kind of in a position of power as this, as the one betrayer. You get a lot of power in that game. So you have to be, like, you have to know how to temper your, like, your the expectations of the people you're playing with to, to keep the air light and fun. Because that game has a lot of high highs and low lows i think yeah there there is a very good opportunity that you're that it's going to be a really close game and then the betrayer wins or the heroes win and it's like everyone has a fun time there's an equally high chance that one person or the other completely womps like one side completely womps the other and it's just not fun mm. so i think um a really clever thing that the um, so it's called like the, the the European and the American style. Uh, the American style typically depends on victory points. Uh-huh. Um, so like uh, Ticket to Ride is all about. I'm victory talking about. Points. I was. I yeah. just looked up Ticket to Ride because I wanted yeah. to talk about it next. Oh really? It's a lot of fun. Ticket I to love ride. Ticket to Ride. I I like these complicated games. It's like first of all, just not not something I play because I don't. I play video. I play board games when I'm with other people. So I'm not the person who owns owns the board game yeah which means the only things i have played are things that people around me can afford <laughs> and so like which means these, like, everyone has one <laughs> yeah exactly and so it's like yeah i might have played the the murder house one yeah. i think i did play it um yeah. over very, quarantine it, like i said it can be very fun 
Yeah, and I mean, like, my biggest board game experience up until recently was when we, like, worked at a summer camp together, and when when it was raining and thundering, you had to bring all the kids in to play board games. And I will say something, nothing destroys your enjoyment of a, of a board game than having to play with children. Like, I understand that for most of these games that we we have and the, a lot of the games we've already talked about, the the audience is children. Yeah. But it is the worst experience of playing a game if you have to play it with a child. Oh, yeah. It is horrible. Do you know what is also bad? Their egos are so fragile. <laughs> <laughs> what I am remembering from my childhood is being the kind of kid who liked to know the rules and being very frustrated when other, when no one else wanted to play by the rules. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Some sort of natural understanding of like, no, 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 no it's going to be fair if we play by the rules. That's like, that's why we have them. You know, no, like yeah. anything else is going to suck. Mother, you see, there was a whole team of designers that got together <laughs> and balanced and all of these decided. rules for us. Really, Trisha, you think that that would be a better way to play. Well, let me just ask Mezzers. You know? <laughs> so well, X, Y, and Z. I just remember like a child breaking down because he didn't know who Madonna was in Cranium. Oh, and he was like, Lord. I don't know who that is, Dad. And he's like, oh, come on, you know. And that's the worst is when their dad is with them. He's like, you know who this is. You know this person. (laughs) Oh my God. That is the absolute worst. The people who are who think they are the most helpful but are in reality the least helpful when yeah, it comes no, to like, a trivia just scenario. Leave? Just saying bullshit like that. It's like, you know this. You know, you know. Like, or, you're not helping favorite, me. Uh, this is not helpful. It's the exact same. The the visual equivalent is someone who just like circles the same thing in Pictionary again no, and again, no, like no, frustratedly. Oh like, come on. It's come the, on. Come on. You know. It's this. Oh my you God. know. Yeah, and just like, I don't know. Is it a dog? It's a palm tree. Yeah. It's a palm tree. The palm tree. Why did you draw any palms? <laughs> That's like Trivial Pursuit, which I lo- I love Trivial Pursuit, but I'm not good at it. Uh, there's one, it does make you feel dumb. One shining moment in my adult life where I beat my my group of very very smart friends at Trivial Pursuit, and I will take that to my grave. Um, but. That that's a very common thing in Trivial Pursuit, where the person reading you the the card is like, you definitely know this. You come on, you super know. You this. have like, to know this. Like, you you have Alex Trebek. You've got the card in your hand, all right, you jackass. You have know? to understand that that is not helping me. It's actually making it worse. It's making me so <laughs> My upset ability right now. to recall names and dates and shit is so bad in regular scenarios. <laughs> but you're putting pressure on me, and it's not good. <laughs> yeah, like it would be a teacher would be fired if you were taking a test and he came over, pointed at your you know, like your whatever question you're stuck. I'm like, come on, come on, you know this, come on, yeah, you know that. It, you ever notice how that's not in those inspirational teacher movie like Stand by Me, fucking Morgan um, Freeman coming over like, hey, it's Usted. Even I know that dude. <laughs> yeah, like, that is, like, he does do that in that other the math movie though. Which math movie? Oh, 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 oh the Edward James Oldmills. Oh, yeah, um, Edward James Oldmills. How do movie. I teach these kids? Yeah, that guy. Um, he does. Uh, what? What the fuck is it called? So this is where Brian is. Stand and deliver. Stand and deliver. I think it is stand and deliver. But he does. There's like a moment where he tells them they all know it. Uh, they're not focusing hard enough. Terrible. And, yeah. Well, he's a math teacher though. I feel like you do. <laughs> have to like teach them to fish a little bit you know you gotta put you gotta do, you have to you know learn the equations and then work through them I, it's, it's my basic understanding of what math is yeah 
but I haven't, I haven't taken a math class in a long time and I haven't passed a math class in even longer. So no, but I, I want that singular event of me winning that singular game of Trivial Pursuit has made me want to buy a copy. And I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to go and order it's a it good online. game. It's a great. It's very. That's why they fun. keep making it. Exactly. I and love anything trivia. There was I just love one trivia. It was just one day where I was just batting a thousand. I was just like, because I was having that same moment that I always do in trivia scenarios where people are asking me questions and I'm just sitting there like, I I just truly have no goddamn idea what you're talking about. But in this case, like, I who was... the fuck is Angela Merkel? Like, come on. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Seriously. Is <laughs> he a ball case, player? Like, help me. <laughs> in this scenario, I was still having those moments and then just whipping out answers. And it was, I was blowing myself away. I, there was, I can't remember a lot of them, but one of them was, um, I'm just, this is my victory lap. Thank okay, you for yeah, that's right. I'm no, letting no, you have it, it because every, I, every, every I dog like gets it. Day. You know? It was, uh, who was the first Boy Scout to uh, become the President of the United States? Teddy Roosevelt? JFK. It was JFK. Was it? And I sat there for like a good five, like maybe not five whole minutes, but a couple minutes being like, ah, JFK. Because I knew, (laughs) just throw it out Just had to do like the time, like, okay, what's roughly 35 years after the, okay. None of that. No, no, none of that processing happened in here. Absolutely not. That would have been way later. The only other one that I knew of was Gerald Ford. I knew Gerald Ford was a a Boy Scout, but Mm. anyway. All I I learned in Scouts is that Mike Rowe was a Boy Scout. (laughs) Doesn't surprise me, you know? <laughs> the Dirty Jobs guy slash opera singer. Slash opera singer. <laughs> slash opera singer. <laughs> because everyone in Boy Scouts also does another thing. You except have for that to. one weird kid in your troop who this is what they do. The, it's, Boy it's Scouts for is the their resume. Thing. It's for yeah. padding the resume. That's why parents make their kids go. Yeah. That's why we did it. Yeah, it's extremely good. And to learn outdoor skills. It does work. It does. Sometimes. Leadership skills. Sometimes it works to learn outdoor skills and sometimes, and leadership skills. And most of the time, it's just something to put on your resume. (laughs) Speaking of things to put on your resume, I have nothing for that. So I'm going to segue with something else. Dungeon (laughs) dungeon mastering is what I would say for that. Dungeon mastering. There's a lot of memes uh, about that. It's like people like switching up the wording of what it takes to be a dungeon master in D&D or a game master in any other game. Like, all the skills necessary to do that and rewording them so it looks good on a resume. The thing is, like, dungeon master is on my resume, though, because, like... (laughs) Because it was literally a job that literally was something I was paid to do for a while. Well, I was uh, a trivia quiz master. I never put put that on my resume. It never made it onto the resume. You know, you should put it in, like, the special skills area. It was for geeks who drink, so I did Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, Yeah, I worked for the company no one's gonna ask no do you think like someone's gonna look at the resume like in your interview quiz master mm-hmm. now we're strongly considering you for a candidate but i'm afraid you've had a beer or two i'm afraid <laughs> you have had a beer or it might go the other way like quiz master all right i'm gonna level with you right now do you know anything about sports because we really need a sports yeah. guy on our well, that was the team. thing oh my god i remember i miss i mispronounced i was quiz mastering and it's always I had like a couple rough moments because you're you're supposed to make fun of it and you're supposed to like make jokes based on the source material and I was I was doing a 
and I know nothing about sports, but there's always you in trivia you have to ask sports questions. It is not even if it was it yep. was geeks who drink, which is like very nerd heavy trivia. You have gotcha. to. It is required to have sports questions because that people will lose their fucking minds if you don't ask questions about sports. So I remember it was the Merriweather Pacquiao fight. Oh, my oh God. yeah, I watched that on yeah. paper. Right, and so you did. Yeah, <laughs> oh my God. Me and Brian are. Uh, co-host um <laughs> whatever um our co-host like I, I, we were living near each other at the time in college and we went to a bar that was specifically playing that and the watched fight it. Oh, yeah it. well it was like in the weeks up to it and i didn't understand that people were like excited about this for some fucking reason oh yeah so i and i don't know anything about sports and i did not have cable so <laughs> i just i saw the word the name pacquiao yeah on a piece of paper yeah. Having never seen it before and not having done my due diligence before I went up to do my, like, quiz and just was like, Pacquiao. And I got yelled at. A bunch of guys drinking Miller Lite had a fucking time. Oh, my God. It was this lady, actually. She was like, raw. She's like, it's Pacquiao. And I'm like, okay, but, like, how am I to know, man? Okay, to be fair, you just learned that name, like, three weeks ago because this was, like, a pay-per-view thing. Come on. Oh, my God. It blew up in the media, and that's when everyone learned that fucking name. I had no idea. I still don't know anything about it. But, yeah, I got got real... uh, yeah, I got real messed up what? with that one because the crowd will eat. You have to seem like you know everything. It's the Alex yeah. Trebek effect. No one denies. Like no. Okay, everyone. The second suspects. you mispronounce, it's like especially I was young. I, when I was doing this, I was like 22, 23, oh, yeah. 24. I was young. Everyone is there to feel a sense of superiority over the people around them. That's yeah. the point. That's the yeah. reason but they're there. Not that's the uh, weakness. <laughs> like that. like that's bad. One of the things that made Alex Trebek so successful, like over his like. 60-year or 40-year career in Jeopardy was everyone suspected that, like, surely you can't know all of these, but I don't know a single person who would have, like, tried to go toe-to-toe with Alex Trebek on, like, he's been doing nothing but trivia every night for 40 years. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I loved trivia, though. I'd like to think that that doing quiz mastering made me better at it. And maybe it did. I mean, we we just played a a trivia game. I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. So this is a... We have to talk about this. Yeah, I want to take us all um, further back than last night to a magical time full of fizzled hair and the second Madonna album, 1987. (laughs) In 1987, (laughs) National Geographic released a trivia game called Global Pursuit. And in addition to being a trivia game, it came with five pentagonal maps split into pentagonal tiles. And if you know anything about pentagons, they don't tessellate on a flat surface. They do all come together and form a dodecahedron, a 12-sided figure like a D12, but when you lay them out flat, they kind of fuck up. So you are answering trivia while at the same time creating a map that doesn't quite work on the board, but it's a mixture of four different maps at once, so there's like four North Americas, there's three Asias, one's cut off on the bottom so you're not getting, you know, Indonesia in there or whatever, and you're answering trivia while trying to create maps. It's an incredible game. It's extremely difficult to explain verbally, but it's a very fun game, but it only they only made it for one year. If I'm to understand yeah. it correctly. I, uh, Ian, uh, who was on our camp episode, oh, yeah. um, he and his wife had me over and like they texted me ahead of time like, dude, um, 
Rosie just bought a game from the Goodwill. I know what you're gonna say. You need to get over here. I did to play this right now. I did, and like before the game was over, I had already purchased one on eBay. <laughs> like it's it was <laughs> fucking incredible. But this is like my favorite game that we have in the house, and we don't have a, a few games in yeah. the yeah. house. It's an know? incredible game, Global Pursuit by National Geographic Global from Pursuit, 1987. Geographic. I was. They had told me these two here sitting with me had told me about this game the last time I came to visit and I was, I, I would say skeptical mm-hmm. that I would find this to be any fun whatsoever and I am extremely glad that we played it the other night because it, I can say firmly that it is a that is a hard recommendation, that is a good game that National Geographic should revisit and make more of. Yeah, it's it a very good they, game. They had a limited run, but the way to, the way it house rules... And I mean, like we talked about house rules and Monopoly and how they are not allowed. But there's no this way is, you can play this. You have, you have to. to play with house. The rules. trivia like, is from 1987. Yeah, like the <laughs> answers to things are, you know, countries that no longer exist in in the state they existed in, you know, in the 80s, yeah, like it's... the Soviet Union. It was like literally, what's the what's the largest country in the world? Is one of the questions, and you have to say the Soviet Union. Yeah. There's another one like, what is the largest river? in Yugoslavia and just yeah. like oh you mean that thing that hasn't existed since I've been alive <laughs> yeah so it's just you know it's so- worse than old editions of Trivial Pursuit because Trivial Pursuit at least has like other information that isn't about literal like geography and yeah. the world and the well, pop culture also- is still the pop culture like right. you still like Madonna still had this top hitting song exactly. yeah. I don't know touched like a, like a virgin you know yeah. like that's still a true thing now versus like in Czechoslovakia Mm-hmm. The currency is. Like, yeah. I, 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 I can't tell you how I can't every, answer Everything that about that statement, well, that question also, is wrong now. I don't know. It goes the other way, too, because there's stuff in the 80s that was not common knowledge that now very much is common knowledge. Like, I remember there was, like, you have, you have a choice when you pick up a trivia card whether to answer an easy question or a hard question or sort of a medium question. And I remember once that the hard question was about quinoa. Oh, yeah. And it was like, this is something we all know a lot about. We know about quinoa now, like, as yeah. a society. The, the one... You know, and it was a very easy question, but in the 80s, it would have been like, what the fuck is That's quinoa? A, the one that like... I, I I felt last night was, I think it was like a level two, there are three levels, you know, like Emily said. It was like a level two question. It was people who practice Islam worship in a a church b mosque yeah. or oh c God. something yeah. like okay well we grew up in post 9 11 america so yeah like, it's a we, mosque we <laughs> like, know we know yeah. we know this but yeah no i mean it's interesting because we have we choose to play this game where you have to transport your mind to the 80s and answer in you have to answer the appropriate uh answer that would be in the 80s so you have to answer it you how cannot it, say Russia. You have to say it how it is written on Unless the card. Unless the answer is what is the largest portion of the Soviet Union yeah. or like that or whatever. You say that you say the word Russia when we play this game and you're out of the house. You're so out. Okay, you're, out. you're done. And you're never invited you're back. Done. Russia hasn't existed since the Tsar was a thing in 1920 yeah. in this house. Yeah. <laughs> no, and it's an incredibly fun game, and I think it is because it is so old. I don't feel like your ego can get as wrapped up in it. That's a good point. Personally speaking. Because it is anachronistic. It's a joke. You know, we got it off eBay. It's this old ass thing, you know, and, and 
if you don't know it, it's because, you know, it's a f- almost 50-year-old game at this point. Well, you know? <laughs> okay, it's le- it's 30-something years old. I don't, I don't know. We're not that much younger than this game. We, I don't understand We are firmly time. younger than this game. I mean, but time this has game, no This game was already seven. Clearly, we play this Six. game as if it's ni- 1987. No, but that, that one definitely is a strong plus. Um, it's extremely good. Uh, no. I, I count myself very lucky. Because I got to play, in addition to this game, a whole slew of these board games when I worked at the um, when I worked at the game store. Because we mm-hmm. would have a board game night like every Wednesday, and there was this guy named Twiggy, not a thin man, um, who would <laughs> sure. uh, he just brought like his personal collection. He had like 200, 300 board games, oh and he was God. just like the kind of guy who just always wanted to play them with other people. Always brought them, and it ended up being like thirty people, like groups of it's six like playing these fun. games. Yeah, it was one of our more successful events, and so I played things um, like Terraforming Mars is a big one oh, right now. Yeah, yeah that people. I played love. what's a pandemic? Pandemic. Pandemic is yeah, good. That's yeah, it actually is hard. It's it good. Is. I, I played it for the first time the other day with a group of friends and it, it really felt like things were going well and we, then all of a sudden the game was over and we lost like yep. we completely lost track of time we were just having a good time like cleaning up the map like oh things are going well we're, we're like maximizing our turn economy really well like we're doing really well and then all of a sudden we drew the last card and then we were like oh what do we do when we draw the last card do we just reshuffle it and keep going and then someone looked in the rule book was like oh we lost <laughs> <laughs> Collaborative board games are like my yeah, favorite. I, like, I love stuff like that. When you bring up this tricky character who 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 had all the board games and stuff and brought them to He's a, a really night, cool guy. who brought them to a night at a local shop to enjoy this with other people. Best I mean, case like, scenario for a kind of guy who likes board games. Yeah, yes. well, yeah, but I mean, it's also like as you guys, you know, as as the three of you wrap up, are we friends? It's something that, to think about. It's something that I always think about with hobbies in general. Yeah, is that like find your people. Yeah. You know, like yep. if you are really into something, there's a crew for you out in real life Definitely. to like do that shit with. Like I got really into plants and like horticulture. There was like a meetup this weekend with all those people just trading shit and talking about plants. Yeah. And I am too scared to go there. But like, <laughs> or if you're... that's a thing, you know, I love that. I love yeah. that shit. Like yeah. people, humans are cool in that we all love to hyper fixate on things. Yes, that's true. And I feel like in a couple of months, fingers crossed, if we can get the, the Delta variant under control, which will date this episode for those of you listening in the future, <laughs> um, people will be hungry to go out again. Yeah. And like the local hobby shop is a is a cool place to meet people. Yeah. You will yeah. meet cheese sticks, but like, where are you not going to meet them? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, at least yeah. these are cheese sticks that you have something in common with. <laughs> <laughs> you run the risk of cheese sticks wherever you go. Cheese <laughs> sticks yeah. are everywhere. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. Um, and I've always loved these types of board games since I started playing like complicated board games. Um, and I, I think the only one that I have left to mention is Tzolkin. Never, Never heard, of, heard it of it in my whole life. It's a, it's a game based on the Mayan calendar where you have <gasps> a large gear in the center and it the main thing of the is you turn the calendar by one like notch of the dial and it turns four other um, dials in the opposite direction. And so you, you place your pieces on the dials and you take them off at particular times uh, <gasps> oh as goodness. they like build up in value as they get further like along the dial as the calendar moves it's a very fun game um and it's one of those cool boards like 
this was well conceived. Yeah. This is like thematically and mechanically really insane. <laughs> Sounds that's very cool. rad. Yeah. yeah, that seems like a whole lot. A whole lot. It is it is one of those, <laughs> it is one of those like when you explain it with the board in front of you, like, oh this is this is a lot more. This makes a lot more sense. Because yeah. you it, it is one of those like, this is well put together. This is, this is well done. You know? Yeah. Because like, the board kind of does a lot of the work for you, you know, with the whole gear thing. <laughs> really, really moves itself in the game along. Um, but that game, like many other American games, is based on the victory point system. You know, yeah. you don't know who the winner is until after some some event ends the game. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you and then, tabulate. Exactly. Cool. But you're not really you're not keeping track the whole time like i'm sure some people do but it like it takes an effort to try to like keep track of exactly what the points are at the end um because it's like mario party a little bit like there are going to be some bonus stars at the end (laughs) well that's how scythe is too yeah and i i I like that style because i think it's it's an excellent mechanic to keep everyone interested up until that last moment like you know Mm -hmm. even if you're doing bad you know i don't know how bad i'm doing it's not like you have a pool of points in front of you um, you know, like I, I could still pull this off. Versus, you don't have your dragon's hoard of tokens while exactly. everyone else around you cries. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you do, but even then, like knowing that there's like something I'm getting at the end makes seeing you know Smaug's fucking <laughs> mountain, you know, like a little, a little happy a treasure little, trove. Exactly, a little easier to see. because uh, there is truly nothing worse, and I think we talked about this earlier than like just getting having to sit in a game that you're losing for so long yeah, like, yeah. it's just hitting you and hitting you and that's, hitting you it's that's just a miserable experience i have learned i cannot handle it, yeah it, it just it's it makes me a sore loser the longer i have to sit getting just hammered into the ground the less fun i'm going to have for the rest of my life oh, no, it's, <laughs> it's, i don't like to win like that fun. either it's taking fun from you and your future yeah. <laughs> like i'm a less like, happy person i now. know for a fact that there's nothing i can do to turn this game around for myself in the next half hour that I know is left in this game, mm-hmm. and that is soul crushing to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just have to sit here and take. Yeah, like, not great. I try so hard not to be a sore oh loser my in my entire in my life, and it's just that scenario I cannot handle. But I, I know, and a lot of people kind of deride victory points. Um, so like, the, the, I think the big clades that I heard of, and I don't know if this is still really the taxonomy that people use, but there's like European style games and American style games. And like Catan is a European game and it does use victory points, but the mm-hmm. game is over when someone hits the win mark. Yeah. You know, yes. When you get, so you're keeping track the whole time versus like American is like, there's no like determined number that you can get. Some people will get 30, some people get 75 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoever has the most of this at the end of the game, which is determined inside is the win. And that's like the American style. Yeah. yeah. And so, I like, I think they both have merits. I just like that absolutely. particular, like, I don't feel like I'm being crushed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I, I really, and that's, that's what I like about, about Scythe is that it's it, the, the way that you determine who wins is not the same thing that determines when the game ends. The game ends, and then everyone counts up how much money they they have collected throughout the game, and that's what determines who wins. And there's a, a way that you can decide how much extra money somebody gets at the end. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Based on like, like other things they've accomplished, that those things are those accomplishments are worth certain amounts yeah. of money. You really don't know how far behind you are until yeah, you yeah. actually end in the game and then sit yeah. down to calculate. Well, we used to and play, I really appreciate that. We used to play Scythe in my old apartment and and Taylor and our roommate would just go 
at it. And they just felt like they were their real competition, right? Yeah. Like Taylor and my roommate. And so I would just sit in the corner, like, and do my own thing, which is a thing you can do in Scythe. You don't yeah. have to, you, you don't have, have to, to combat. I've never done combat in Scythe. Because I never had to. <laughs> it's a whole, there's a whole section of the rule book for that. Yeah, exactly. And I just, I just <laughs> but was you like. Can, it says I, you can you, avoid it. You can yeah, avoid it. Absolutely. And if two other people on the board are going to be in, embroiled in combat, then I'm going to go around the edges and swipe everything else I can. <laughs> yeah, and it worked. Like, it does. You, I'm going to swipe. For yeah. no swiping this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and it, like, it worked. I'm pretty sure you did win, like, uh, one of those times. Uh, I think I, I might have come in second, like, every time. <laughs> but that's of three people, so, yeah. pretty good. you know. Hey, consistency's a fucking virtue, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah, it's fine, you so, know? the last board game I want to talk about is, and I, 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 I don't think it's fair to call it an imaginary board game, because I've played it, and I just attended the first conference for this game, huh. um, is Pie Show. Oh! Uh, Pie Show originally was like an invention that kind of had some tiles. It was more like an aesthetic thing and a thematic thing in Avatar The Last Airbender. But there have been various um, versions of Pie Show that people have flushed out and made tiles for and made rules for. And I think the most famous is called Scud Pie Show. Um, Another one's called Vagabond. But anyway, um, Scud Pie Show just hosted the first annual conference for pie show and i attended it was over discord it was all virtual it was a whole weekend you know i jumped in for times but i felt very special because i was the first person who answered their email like i signed like i i saw it on their instagram like oh yeah tell me when this is happening and he blasted out the email i signed up got in the discord and i was the first person in and i said hello nice. so it was the first pie show conference i was the first person to make a comment <laughs> that's awesome um, i love that and it's a lot of fun and that's another game where it is competitive but it is beautiful and that uh, like you yeah. were saying before, you choose when to end the game, and that's not necessarily going to win it for you. Yeah, but it it is like a strategy itself, uh, almost like like gin rummy. Like ah, uh, you know, I might be taking some points here, but I think I'm doing better than you. I'm gonna yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, it's or beautiful. if you see that you've got, I don't know if this is the same thing in Pie Show, but if if you're if you feel okay about where you are and you see somebody gaining traction and you can end it, just like. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop it before you get too far ahead. Yeah, yeah. And there before are some. Catch up. Yeah. yeah, and there are definitely some versions where it's just like, no, the thing that ends the game means that you probably won because you achieved like yes. the four matching pairs or the harmonies or whatever. But it's like a beautiful, fun game, and I thought it was worth mentioning. Yeah, it was, that's great. And it was a Everyone lot of fun. Loves Avatar. I mean, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Uh, Emily was on the uh, the Avatar episodes with us. Was I? Yeah, the third one. Man. Oh my! I need to rewatch that series. Oh, I mean, we do good. it all the time, and unfortunately, it's sort of lost its flavor. We gotta wait, I think, another year. Because yeah. we did run through it. I think we, we told you all back then. We were like on our third COVID. watch through that. That rate of intensity didn't stop. We definitely watched it like four more times. Oh my god! Over the next year, it, it worked its way into the rotation for a bit. I'm a big rewatcher, and Taylor yeah, is too. extremely patient with me. <laughs> well, you know, like, I'm a big rereader, and it it it's nice to bring that same thing sensation. in. It is because when you're on a rewatch you know what's going to happen so you get to pay attention to different things and like learn dialogue and really concentrate on theme and pay attention to that all that extra deep reading stuff Mm -hmm. so like that's how i've gotten into it like the rewatching. yeah um so i yeah i I like it which is what's for anyways but yeah no uh do we want to do like uh board games you didn't mention that you feel should be mentioned like rattle them off real quick yeah if you guys have any honorable mentions real fast i can only think of like the shit from our childhood like battleship 
Clue. Oh, Clue, yeah. What was the one well, where Clue you... Clue is great. What was the one where you flipped down the faces? <laughs> that was oh, like... Oh, Guess Who. Guess Who. Guess Who. Oh, God. And the old version of Guess Who where all you had to do is like... Are they, black? Are they black? Are they black? black? And it's like, all right, so that leaves us with two. <laughs> yeah. It was real bad oh, back man. in the day. I saw someone doing like a TikTok of 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 playing Guess Who, where they just used like I don't know, like uh, modern descriptors, where they were just like, yeah, w- this person would return their latte because it was too hot, <laughs> and like nice. flipping it down and seeing if they got it, you know. That's and it funny. was like they ended up with the the. A gal with like hipster glasses and a beret. Nice. <laughs> they like, yeah, that's it. That's her. That's super I w- funny. I would say another uh, another board game that is that's got some strategy to it. It's uh, kind of a dice game, kind of a strategy game uh, that I've played recently that I enjoyed was Sagrada. Um, it's, I've never uh, heard of that. It's based on the Sagrada Familia in. Um, Barcelona, I believe yeah. is where it is. Yeah. I've, I've literally been to that city and to that place, and I'm pretty sure they're both there. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty fun board game that I would recommend. Mm. Um, one of my favorite board games that I very rarely get to play is actually one that um, Jorge, myself, and our friend Devin from our Lord of the Rings episode invented together based on the collected works of Jackie Chan called The Drunken, uh, Legend of Drunken Master. Oh my God. And it's a competitive team drinking board game with... It's um, <laughs> extremely fun. With challenges uh, and talismans that alter... I don't want to give away too much, but it's, it's a lot of fun. It alters different ways that you have to drink this double shot, which is the main mechanic of the game. Like, yeah. you're slamming beer yeah. for, like, four hours. Yeah. <laughs> and it's We've all played. Great. Yeah. And you're searching for the talismans. Um, and then when all the talismans are collected, the game's over. Whoever has more talismans wins. It's like it was a really fun fucking game, and I played it with a variety of people a few times. Excellent. Yeah. I have oh, a yeah. lot of nostalgia for that game. Oh yeah. I'd play oh the yeah. Shit out of that. yeah. You just had the trick is to get really, really crappy beer because you yep. are drinking. You're gonna drink for a four shit ton hours of it. straight. Yeah. You like, get that thirty rack of bush light and yeah. you fucking do it. It's yeah. a rough time. I mean, I yeah, no, without giving too much away. But yeah, no, it, it it's a wonderful game. I was surprised that you were gonna go the whole episode without bringing it up, honestly, because that is a, an invented Well, Jorge's not here and he is one of the three creators of the game. That's fair. Um, so That's I, you know, I definitely wanted yeah. to save that for him and um you know it's it's great there's there there's a lesson to be learned about board games actually for my family uh, and I forget the name of the game but it is a game that was published my uncle Jerry had a great idea for a board game did not understand how patents work because that was not the environment that he was raised in wrote to Parker Brothers with a full description of a game that he thought was a great idea and next Christmas he saw his game published oh, no! because um, for those of you who don't know and those of you who want to take the next step and create your own game the only thing that is copyrightable is the rule book itself like the actual text of a rule book the concept of a game the idea the gameplay the basic modes even you know to the point like versions of the name itself none of that shit is copyrightable mm-hmm. it is all the power of marketing uh, that keeps like blaton set mm-hmm. uh, like the colonizers of blaton from <laughs> being the parker brothers next big game mm-hmm. wow. Um, wow because yeah like intellectual property has to be specific and a concept is not specific wow so yeah um yeah so you know just watch that learn from my uncle jerry and know you know if you have a good idea get a lawyer um, <laughs> yeah word well cool 
Anything else we want to touch on, little light, last of the lightning round? I think I touched everything that I know. I I, I touched everything inside of me. I... <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Not only have I felt like you've touched my brain, I feel like I've touched yours. <laughs> I want to go play all the games in the house right now. Like, <laughs> right like, now, like, I'm Seriously, psyched. I'm like so juiced up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like, what I'm talking like, about. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Like, we got to crack out dice. those boxes. I want to smell cards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, quick uh, honorable mention. Not a board game, not a card game. So it doesn't go in any other episode that we've gone so far. Peruda. It's called Liar's Dice. Oh John introduced me to it. God. Super fun. It's the one they play oh, in Dead Man's Chest, the second lot. Pirates yes. of the Caribbean movie. Liar's Dice, That I'm so th- thankful you brought that up at the last second. This is like my favorite game to bring to any party. It is the most fun. You can easily turn it into a drinking game. It is so worth your time. Just look up Liar's Dice or Peruda. All you need is a ton of D6s for everybody. Everybody gets basically a Yahtzee set of a cup and five dice. It's Look up the rule set. It's extremely fun. Worth for your time. The pieces, chess, the the company for my nerds out there who know that they sell the polyhedrals. They also sell thirty six count of D six in yep. the same size. I have several of them. They're like five bucks. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you guys so much for yeah. being on. Are we friends? Easy peasy, man. Yeah, yeah really appreciate games, it. I can talk all day. Hundy P. Um, before we head on out here, you want to plug your pluggables? Yes, we have a podcast of our own. It's called Downtime with John and Emily. Me being John, her being Emily. Yeah. Uh, you can find us at getdowny.com. You can also find us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Downy Siblings. That's D-O-W-N-E-Y siblings, like brother and sister. That's who's we are. That's who's, that's how's we is. That's us. And uh, we just finished up the first, uh, the second season, excuse me, I guess first and second season of uh, Outlaws and Old Ones, our Twitch TV, uh, twitch.tv slash the Outlaws Network show that we play every Thursday. It's a live, entirely improvised TTRPG. Uh, I am no longer on it. I've just finished my run on it, but we will yeah. continue that show um, every Thursday night after we take a nice hiatus for the break so come back and watch that with a new cast member it's going to be great um the podcast about of the the first season is still coming out and so if you haven't watched that yet you should catch that up uh you can also find that anywhere where you can find outlaw network stuff we have a link tree that that links you off to all of our other shows and products so check that out whenever you can what you can't find the link link tree is uh anything about aprioria which is taylor's homebrewed dnd 5e campaign that he is currently running me my sister emily here and brian from are we friends uh he's running all three of us through this campaign on our twitch channel you can find the twitch channel through the link tree so check that out twitch.tv slash the outlaws network but about once a month we're going through and playing through one very long episode uh it's a, a very long play streams about like i think our shorter stream was four about hours six and a half hours yeah six and a half and then um, our longer episode was about seven and a half to eight hours so they're long streams but uh which means you can easily tune in and tune out and yeah. tune back in, in and bring out. your family and friends it like, tune and... in drop out drop yeah. off yeah. <laughs> whatever whatever you're into but it's extremely fun the campaign that taylor has written is extremely good and extremely fun to but it's, it's, it's great it's an amazing play. world to yeah. play in and, and the three of us have such fun characters yeah, that the character interact work with each other really well is good the character work is really awesome through through if i may like of the players but also 
you know, Taylor does a lot of voice work. He does a yeah. lot of preparation for this kind of thing. So it, it it's definitely, it, it it's immersive in my mind. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely worth tuning into to just kind of, kind of see that. And maybe Taylor will sell his campaign eventually. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll see what we do with it. Um, when we get, finally get to the end of it, I've tried to this campaign before I've written it out. Um, but this will be the first group that ever makes it all the way through. So we're and gonna we are do it. It's we're a gonna, very it's exciting. Oh, very God, we're exciting already so hot and level like three and a half right now. So we're like, we're on it. We're level. Yeah. We're level four. We're on our way to level five. Dip. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. So check that out on Twitch.tv/slash The Outlaws Network. Uh, usually, network. Uh, <laughs> usually about. Sorry, it's just a short circuit in the mainframe there mm-hmm, for a moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, usually, about every first Saturday, our next episode. Our next episode is, is going to be broadcast live um, on the on first Twitch. Saturday. On the Outlaws Network. It is, and we're waiting it's for. It's gonna it. be the four of September's us. <laughs> Saturday eighteenth. Saturday uh, September eighteenth at nine a.m. is when we're starting our next episode, and then the following episode will be October second, which is also Saturday at nine a.m. Nice tight turnaround. Thank you. Um, no, <laughs> I felt a little bit. No like, one noticed. Yeah. <laughs> no one noticed that I was trying to look up my. I felt like Jim Rash in that one episode of Community, like, oh, Luis Guzman, <laughs> I loved you in that episode episode of <laughs> like you know trying to get someone to give him a phone imdb imd thank you <laughs> it's just... all right guys well thank you all so much uh for tuning in are we friends uh i guess yes. that is the last thing that we need to do we right need now. at least three of three people to play the next board game that we're gonna play so we all have to be friends we Please say that we're on friends. the topic <laughs> of board games are we friends yes yes I'm gonna say yes. Yeah. Everyone loved it when you bat a thousand. Is it, is, it, is it harder? Is it harder normally? Do they make it harder typically? Do we talk about why it's I, yes? I, I have just I, never had a problem with all three of us saying yes on a thing. And just for whatever reason, there's this idea like, we well, guys can't be friends on everything. Like, yeah, but why can't the world why be good? You know, damn it. You know? There is enough strife and problems. <laughs> That's the, the thing. Is I feel like you, you have to evaluate how the sh- how the recording went. Is like, what, did the conversation take a turn at any point? Was there like disagreement? I feel so like it was a madcap romp through memory. <laughs> it was down memory lane. It was great fun for all. We're gonna go play Mousetrap. Ages four and up. Absolutely. You know? While playing the movie starring Nathan Lane, Mousetrap. <laughs> oh my god. Mouse and hunt. Then, Damn it. And Have then fun. and then we can watch Clue. And then we can watch Jumanji. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Clue is a fascinating one. Like, uh, Christopher Lloyd is the only actor I'm remembering off the top of my head who's in it. But in its theatrical release, had six different endings, depending on where you saw it. Yeah, that's so yes. A lot of people, you imagine, like, everyone talking about it at work and just, like, this guy thinks Mrs. Peacock did it in the lavatory with the pipe branch, didn't even see the movie, and he's saying the exact same thing at the other water cooler. Like, Jim from accounting, that jackass, didn't even see it. Or else he would know it was Colonel Mustard in the lavatory with the yeah. lead pipe. I don't know why those are. <laughs> um, but thank you all so much. Love you all very much. I have been your co-host, Taylor. I have been your uh, murderer in the conservatory, John. <laughs> Uh, oh, uh, I have just won second place in a beauty contest and collected $20. Hey, Emily! Nice. And I have the community chest. My name is Taylor once more. And we will talk to you next week. Yahtzee! I hate us.